From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. Uh, Genesis is the first book of the Old Testament, and it's contained in a series of writings called the Torah. And the Torah is basically the beginning. Um, and the Torah is, uh, if you are Jewish uh, or you grew up Jewish, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, actually were not necessarily one, uh, five different stories, but one story. Um, and uh, the reason why it's broken up into five different pieces is because these stories had to be contained on scrolls, and a scroll could only contain so much of a story. Uh, and so they took this whole entire story and they put them on scrolls, and there's five scrolls. And Genesis is the first uh, first part of that scroll. Now, uh, if you are a Jewish person, the whole entire um, story of the beginning of the of the calling of the Jewish race, right? is uh, you have it is contained in the Torah. And there's, it's actually contains three parts. The first part is like the Genesis part. And it gives you uh, what we're going to go through through the book of Genesis. And it takes you all the way up to uh, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And we learn the story of Joseph. So uh, Genesis here is the beginning of uh, it's the backstory, basically, to then the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And then you have the story of Joseph. So all of, and then, and then you have the rest of the, of the Torah. But, but in the book of Genesis, we're going to have three parts. We're going to have the time before the patriarchs, then we're going to have the patriarchs, and then we're going to have the story of Joseph. All of that is contained in Genesis. And then uh, Joseph... Uh, is in Egypt, and then we will learn, uh, if we were to continue on and go into Exodus, then we would learn the story about the Exodus, which is the redemption of Israel, where God comes in and takes his people and rescues them from slavery in Egypt. Uh, and that is the central point of the whole entire Old Testament. I mean, everything points to the fact that they're God's people and God rescued them, that redemption story. Uh, that takes place again when Jesus comes, right? But it's that redemption story. So this part of Genesis is the background to the story of the Exodus, which is the central narrative of the Old Testament. And then everything kind of after uh, Exodus, it builds on Exodus. And then you have the the kings and, and the prophets and all that sort of thing and the writings. Um, so... We are in uh, the book of Genesis. It was written by Moses, uh, and it was written um, post facto. In other words, Moses was not at the creation of the world. Uh, he somehow found out about this. It, I don't know if it was an oral tradition that was passed down from Adam, uh, or if it was something that God told Moses uh, when God spoke to Moses. Uh, um, or a combination of both of those things. But uh, Moses wrote this backstory. And um, it, is the, it is basically the background to, to the whole entire uh, Judeo-Christian Abrahamic religion narrative, right? Everything kind of goes back to Genesis. There's so much foundational stuff in Christianity 
uh, in Judaism, believe it or not, in Islam, uh, anything that is a, that is an Abrahamic religion based uh, is goes back to Genesis, and Genesis is the uh, you you really need to understand in order to understand Jesus, you have to understand Genesis, and uh, well. One of the ways to, you don't actually have to understand Genesis to understand Jesus. Jesus is and of himself a great thing, uh, but uh, it is helpful to understand Genesis, to understand the whole entire narrative of Christianity, Judaism, and all that. So um, I've always wanted to go through the book of Genesis. I, uh, but the problem is, is that there's so much stuff there that even I don't understand. And I wrestle with it, and I struggle with it, I have ideas about it, um, but they are not, uh, I don't fully comprehend Genesis, and so I come to you as a humble servant of God. Uh, we're gonna go through this together. Uh, where I don't understand or where, I, where I'm clueless, I'll raise my hands and say I'm clueless about this, I don't understand that. Other things, I'll speculate, and I'll tell you when I'm speculating, uh, but, we will get through Genesis, and I'm really excited about it because it really is such a fascinating book. There's so much here in this story, uh, and uh, it could go in so many thousands of different directions. And uh, as you'll find out, anytime you do a Bible study with anybody, whoever it is, it's more a reflection of who th this Bible study is going to be a reflection kind of of, of how I view God and how I view scripture and how I view salvation. Um, a lot of that, uh, you know, I learned in seminary, you know, I completely agree with everything I learned in seminary, but even seminary doesn't teach you everything. And so you have your own personal spin, biases, viewpoints, things that excite you. Uh, we're gonna get into Genesis, my favorite Old Testament story, which is the story of Joseph, which is a redemption story that's awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, that's where we are. Uh, we're gonna actually look at Genesis and I will try to do it the best justice I possibly can. Now, I don't know how long we're gonna go through this. My desire is that we would um, maybe spend about 30 minutes or so uh, per session. Now, when we went through Matthew, I did a chapter a day. I don't know if it's possible to do a chapter a day in Genesis. I'm not even sure it's possible to do a chapter a week, uh, but, but probably more important than just rushing through the book of Genesis is I wanna give you just the most complete, comprehensive look of Genesis I possibly can. And so that's basically what we're going to do. Um, and if it takes us 50 days to get through Genesis, there's 50 chapters in Genesis. If it takes 50 days, then it takes 50 days. If it takes 100 days, it takes 100 days. If it takes us a year, then it takes us a year. Um, just a other, couple other things. I, I, I am planning, uh, my daughter is going to have uh, my second grandchild in Chicago. Uh, the plan right now is that we would drive to Chicago. We're not going to fly because there's a potential that we could catch, you know, this disease on the airplane, and then we're going to be with a new infant. So to just be overly cautious and to respect my daughter and our child, the grandchild, uh, we will probably, when she tells us that she's going into the hospital, 
Now, we can't be there when she's in the hospital. And her husband, I don't know if can be there in the hospital. So when that happens, uh, we're gonna, they're going to call us. We're going to hop in the car. If it's 2 o'clock in the morning, we hop in the car at 2 o'clock in the morning. We're going to drive to Chicago, Jennifer and I. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go there. Uh, by the time that we get there, should be about the time that our daughter is coming out of the hospital. We'll be able to see the baby, spend some time with the baby, um, you know, a year or two, something like that. And then, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll find a way to get back home. Um, actually, I have no idea how long we're going to be there. I don't know what's prudent. Uh, I don't, there, there's the great thing about my daughter and her family in Chicago is that her husband uh, is from Chicago. There's lots and lots and lots and lots of cousins, nephews, aunts, uncles, grandparents there. So, uh, we don't necessarily have to be there to watch, uh, we would be more than welcome to do, and we will stay for as long as it makes sense. But we also have to get ready for you know the school year, and things are going to be crazy with this coronavirus and all that sort of thing. So the, the bottom line with all that is that we will probably uh, play it by ear. There may be a couple sessions, or maybe even a whole week, or maybe even a whole two weeks, where we put the study on hold uh, while we're in Chicago. Or maybe I'll uh, record this when I can, and upload it uh, when I can and, and that sort of thing. So that's basically how this whole thing is going to go. And um, it, like I said, we're in Genesis. Uh, I've already I've already spent 15 minutes, 10 minutes about Genesis, uh, kind of laying the groundwork to where we're going. But we are going to do this, and it's going to be awesome. Um, so uh, go ahead and say hello. Sorry, I should have done that. Go ahead and say hello uh, that you're joining us. Uh, glad to see you this morning. If you want to send me an email, you can send it at david at hookcentral.com. Uh, and I will look at that, uh, but not today. I'll tell you why a little bit later. Uh, and then um, we're, gonna, we're just going to go into the book of Genesis. So uh, we are going to go ahead and start into Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. So here we have the first day of creation, just a couple of things about this. First of all, um, the, the, the sun and the moon are created later. So this is basically the beginning of creation. And I believe, and uh, Christianity believes, that this creation happened uh, what's called ex nihilo, uh, N-E-H-I-L-O, ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. That's the Latin term for out of nothing. So in other words, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. In other words, there was nothing over the surface of nothing, right? It was formless, it was empty, there was nothing. Um, and so this basically means that everything that was created was created by God, that the, the universe that we know it the universe, um, as we look out into the world today, uh, had nothing in it. 
It was completely void of any matter, any mass, any energy, uh, anything. It was just an empty vacuum of nothingness. Uh, if you've ever studied vacuums, there's a, you, you can actually create a vacuum where you pull out everything you possibly can out of a jar or whatever. And it has to be a pretty strong jar because that force then of that vacuum is very, very powerful. But in, in the absence of anything, you have a vacuum in space, a vacuum without one single particle, no dust, no atoms, no electrons, there's nothing. And when there's nothing, uh, it, is, it is cold. It is a zero degrees Kelvin, which is like what, negative, I can't remember what zero degrees Kelvin is, but it's very, very cold. It's the coldest you can possibly get. It's so cold that even if you have atoms, they stop vibrating. Everything shuts down at nothing. And there's no atoms to vibrate because there's nothing. It's just a nothing out there. Um, now, people throughout the history of mankind have tried to figure out what, you know, how did you get from nothing to everything that we see around us, the beauty of creation, the universe, the stars, the planets, the, the grass, the, the mountains, the animals, and all that. Where did it all come from? And that question is answered here in Genesis. But it is a question that every scientist, every moral philosopher, everybody has questioned, where did it all come from? And now I believe, based upon what I see here in Genesis 1, that God created everything. That he spoke, and as he spoke, uh, everything was created. There was this huge creation. Now, scientists now, as they look back, say that there was a big bang. Um, that is the best theory that scientists can come up with as to how everything was created. That at some point, there was this explosion that we created everything and it started expanding out to a central point uh, and that the universe is still expanding. And as it expands out, we happen to be at this little time zone of that expansion called the history of the earth, but that it will either continue expanding out into nothingness, diffuse into nothingness, or that at some point it'll start coagulating and coming back together to create a point uh, a point that is so powerful that it starts expanding again. You might have multiple expansions of the universe. And how many of those can you have in, uh, in infinity? You can have an infinite number of them. I mean, time, uh, if time is infinite, if it goes back forever and it goes forward forever, if time is infinite, then you can have an infinite number of infinite things in infinity, right? Uh, so even the whole entire length of the universe that we have is just a tiny, 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 infinitesimally small fraction of what happens in the whole entire uh, history of, of what we would call creation. Um, and when I think about that, when I would, uh, particularly when I was in college, right, we would go hiking, um, go to the Matazel Wilderness Area or Grand Canyon or whatever, and you sit out there on your sleeping bag and just look up into the stars and think, how long has this been around and, and how does it all begin and, and where does it all end? And uh, I mean, there's just questions that every single human that's ever contemplated life has contemplated. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing thing just to think about the possibilities of time and space and infinity. 
And there are no good answers in science. Science does not have a good answer to where everything came from. Now, they're looking at all sorts of things. The greatest theory I think right now is that even though there was nothing, you know, zero degrees Kelvin and no energy, no matter, nothing, that somehow out of that, there was a force that happens whenever there's nothing that creates the universe, right? Um, I, and that that's the only solution they could come up with because they don't believe that there's anything outside of the universe. But Judeo-Christianity does. Actually, Judeo-Christianity is the only one that does. All the other creation stories throughout all of history, matter and mass already existed and the Creator just took it and formed it into uh, into the earth or into the universe or into the stars or whatever. But in Christianity, in Judaism, God spoke into this nothingness and all of a sudden everything was created. So that is actually a difference between Christianity and all the other forms of religion because a lot of religions have a creation story. But only Christianity has it coming from nothing, ex nihilo. Uh, there was nothing at the beginning of the universe, and now there is, you know, the universe. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Uh, some look at this and say that it's, um, you know, the Holy Spirit. You could say that if you'd like to, because God exists in Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, and He was definitely there at creation. We know from John 1 that Jesus is here at creation. We see the Spirit here. We have, in the beginning, God. Now, it's interesting, this word God... Um, let's look at that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word God in the Hebrew is the word Elohim. And that ending, im, Elohim, means it's a plural. Uh, normally, anything that would be singular would be El, like El Shaddai. Um, El is the masculine single form of the word God. And you might expect in the beginning, El, God, God created the heavens and the earth. But uh, in this situation, God, cre God created that uh, word for God is Elohim. Actually, I could probably, let's see if I can do this. All right, so God, uh, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Um, so... Uh, we believe that then God created, uh, this God is a plural God. And some have said like it's a royal we, like the, the Queen of England who goes around calling herself we, right? Uh, we shall overcome. And she's really talking about herself. Um, but in here, uh, you, could, you could even say that God is existing uh, back at creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you've got in the beginning God, who exists in relationship um, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit outside of creation, uh, speaks and he says, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light was good and he separated light from darkness and he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning and it was the first day. And the, the um, Hebrew religion, right? The Hebrew people that you know, uh, the Sabbath or any day starts at sundown. Uh, and the reason it starts at sundown is because of Genesis first, because it says, and there was evening 
and then there was morning, and there was first day. Uh, you can see that uh, in the evening it was, and there was evening there at the very bottom. There was evening, and there was morning, and it was the first day. So from that, the Jewish people say that the day starts with the evening, and then it goes to the morning, and then it goes through the day, right? Uh, and then you get to the end of the day at sundown, and that is the end of the day. And the new day starts then at sundown, and you have evening, and then you have morning, and then you have the rest of the day, and, it's, and it ends at sundown. So uh, while we... Western society start our day at 12 o'clock midnight, right? Um, in the in the 1500s, uh, or you know, during the time of the early church, the day started uh, early in the morning with uh, with matins, uh, and then it went to uh, lauds, and then it had the hours of the day, and then you went to compline and vespers, and you had the evening hours and stuff like that. But um, in the Jewish religion, the day starts right there at sundown. Uh, and it's right here from Genesis. So let's see. So we've got Elohim God. We've got the Spirit of God. Uh, we have God said, let there be light. And there was light. God separated the light from the darkness. He kind of created this day, even though there's no sun, there's no moon. Uh, there's really nothing except, I think, if for me, in this first day, God creates the universe. He speaks out and creates the matter of the universe. Somehow, he takes from himself because he loves us and he creates matter and he creates time and he creates space. And if you know anything about Einstein's equation, it's E equals MC squared. E is energy and that turns into matter and the speed of light squared. And speed of light is a time thing, right? And energy is a matter thing or mass is a mass thing. So God takes a portion of himself or maybe even a good portion of himself, we don't know. And he speaks and he creates the universe from himself. Um, and, he, and he creates time, he creates space, he creates matter, uh, he creates the laws of physics, uh, he creates weak nuclear forces, uh, uh, strong electronic forces, weak electronic forces, every, you know, every force that there is that we know all the laws of physics, first law, second law, third law of dynamics, everything God created to fit this and knit this universe together into a system that I believe on this, on this little galaxy and in this little solar system uh, and in this little uh, planet in that solar system and on that planet that he could create life so that life could survive. Uh, and he did, so he creates this whole entire universe so that life can survive on our planet. So I can be here today talking to you. Um, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he saw that it was, the, and there was evening, and there was morning. And he, God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. So that was the first day, all right? So then um, let's see if we can get to day two. And then God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. Sorry. Uh, so God made the vault and separated the water under the vault and from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning and it was the second day. So 
um, God creates this space, right? If, if what we know scientifically now is that the, um, the earth has mass to it, and then outside of the mass of the earth, you have this canopy of space, which we call the atmosphere. There's various levels of the atmosphere, and you have the ozone layer, and then the atmosphere disappears, and then you have nothingness. Again, you have a, you know, a vacuum-type situation. So this vault that exists around the earth is what we would call the atmosphere, and God creates the atmosphere. So he creates the earth, and then he creates the atmosphere over the earth, and it's that atmosphere which... Um, Oh, sorry, that was a loud noise. We don't want that one. Uh, creates an atmosphere um, that creates a space for man to live, right? Uh, so he says, let there be this vault between the waters to separate water from water. And God made the vault and separates the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. And God called the vault sky. And there was evening again, and there was morning, and it was the second day. Um, let me just look real quick here and see. All right, so um, now we start to see on the second day he creates the sky. And um, he separates waters from water. Um, if you look into the scientific origins of you know how the earth could have been created, uh, there, there would have been a, a massive amount of water and oxygen and nitrogen and all that floating around. And then God comes in and, just, and creates a space, a canopy of a space for mankind to live, for the animals to live. So he creates that on, on day two. Um, and then we're going to go, um, we're going to do one more, one more section here. So beginning of verse 9. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And so it was. And God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters together and he called them seas and God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with the seeds in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, and it was the third day. So now we have in the third day of creation. So the first day is kind of like the universe and the earth. The first day we, we create this vault in the sky, uh, or the second day we create the vault in the sky. The third day now we create land, and we create seas, and now the land is producing vegetation and the seeds are bearing plants and the trees are kind and land producing vegetation. And all of this is this space, this, this creation that God is creating. And it, you can tell that God's creating it for man, that everything is created for man to enjoy. So every morning when I go out and walk, um, I love, there's a whole bunch of different places I walk, but uh, I just love to overlook, right, Sienega Creek and see all that beautiful vegetation, the mountains and the sunrise coming up. And all of that was created uh, by God on this third day so that uh, it would be a beautiful place for man to live. And I'm so grateful that man, uh, that God created such a beautiful place. Um, I've always held, uh, well, I've been always held this position. I've recently actually come to the conclusion over the last three years that, um, 
that creation was created for mankind. And the, the joy of creation fills us up. Knowing that God created this place for us fills us with joy unspeakable. Uh, and so when I go out into creation, I just see it and smell it. And I hear the birds chirping and I see the birds flying and I, and I hear the water bubbling and you hear all the sounds of creation. And I sit there in silence uh, in commune with, communing with God. Um, it is at those times that God says, I created all of this for you because I love you. And all of that was created here on the third day. So we are not going to get through the rest of this this morning. I was going to show you something that was really kind of cool, but it doesn't appear to be working, and I'm very sorry about that. But I will have it fixed by tomorrow um, because we're actually going to try to look at the diagram of what this is uh, and try to make it um, so you understand it clearer. And I really do want to try to keep these all to about 30 minutes. So we're kind of just coming up into that 30-minute period now. Um, so we're going to end it here on the third day. Uh, and I um, actually um, pre-recorded this this morning because I have a dentist appointment at 8 o'clock. So <laughs> that's kind of why this is a little bit uh, strange. Um, but it is, uh, it is mine time right now, about 7, 10 and uh, so uh, you're going to be getting this in about an hour. Uh, and I may have to do this from time to time when I have an 8 o'clock appointment that I can't avoid. But what I'd like to do is just kind of set a time at 8 o'clock where you're here. Uh, and if I'm not here, I may have something else or we may cancel uh, or we may do something else. But as we close this morning, uh, let's close in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for creating the canopy, the the sky, the earth, and the vegetation and the sea uh, for our enjoyment. Thank you for creating a place for mankind to survive and to thrive. Um, Lord, thank you for this time together. Uh, we pray that you be with our world uh, in this crazy time. Uh, fill them with your peace. Uh, be with all the scientists, the doctors, nurses, nurses. Continue to watch over them and the frontliners. Uh, and until we meet again, to get, again, Keep us ever in your grace. Uh, in your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.